This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You mentioned this a second ago before I started recording, but how does this podcast get nominated? Like, I would think that... I wonder which one we sent in, but I would think that FSGA people would uh, would call the authorities if they heard this podcast. Like I, the fact that it's nominated is very surprising to me. Yeah, it does reveal the standards. Uh, it's actually the second time we have been. Hopefully, once again, it's just your name and mine's completely admitted. But uh, that's uh, par for the course with this, and fair enough. But it is it is. Uh, funny to see that. I didn't even know until you uh, derided me or, or you know, berated me on a tweet saying you could not or you could have done it without me, which was a funny, funny tweet. But uh, yeah, here's a, it's the gambling section, too. Right. Is that what we're nominated for specifically? I guess it is. It, it must have gotten submitted under gambling. And I think it's been nominated three times, actually. Oh, man. Life. Do you know that we've done Impressive. more than 200 of these episodes? No, I didn't. No, I didn't realize that. That's re- wow. Man, time flies. Man, it's a lot of poor quality takes. Uh, that's a, yeah, another nomination. <laughs> it's a, it's a good, right? Golden Globes, you know, Ricky Gervais. I saw you even tweeted it, which I appreciated because a, I thought it was funny and B you getting into pop culture. I like, but Gervais does not give a shit. And it was funny, right? I was great. That was just so good. And he did the, uh, Epstein didn't kill himself, which I love. You yeah. got to work that in, <laughs> in like a large sure. platform like that. Love that. Yeah, no doubt. You see, there's a 60 Minutes on, on Epstein, too. I watched it. I didn't learn in anything too new, but uh, at least there are eyes on it. I mean, there was a whole 60 Minutes that opened with, with looking into that. I just, I don't trust those those propaganda shows. I can't trust any of that. It's like fake investigative journalism. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, another Gervais, the War Golden Globes, uh, us getting a major, nominated for a major award. Um, Huge award. How much cash for that award do we get? Yeah, do you no, know? It's, it's, very prestigious. The power that comes with it, I, I'm told, is more important than the actual, you know, the money, the monetary value. I think it's the power that comes. Um, you know, you know, you're, there's, like, a there's, Nassim Taleb, there's, there's a Nassim Taleb section of one of his books. I never read actually any of his books, but I just I follow him on Twitter and I read a lot of the quotes. And he basically says that industries where your your success depends on the opinions of your peers, like academia or even us getting these awards and stuff are just kind of bullshit. And he's saying like a plumber, like nobody cares if, if like nobody hires a plumber because other plumbers think he's a good plumber. They hire him because customers think he's a good plumber. Your friends like, Oh yeah, I had problems. That guy fixed it quickly and it wasn't that expensive. It's what the customers say. You don't care what other plumbers think of him. 
and he's like, it's mostly just bullshit artists who, when they're, when they're not accountable to the, the customer, but they're accountable to what their peers think because it's a whole different incentive. And I was actually talking about that, the whole giants coaching. I was very worried, even though I was acting less worried on Twitter than I actually was that the giants would hire Jason Garrett. And I thought John Mara, nutless monkey that he is, might just be like, oh, you know, Jason Garrett's a class act. We're a class organization. It's just like what people think of your organization, like the people you associate with, rather than the fans, your customers. Like, we need a winning product. We need a winner. We don't, we don't stick with Eli five years too late because he's a class act. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, that, that's catering to that sort of what your peers think, what the people in your social circle think in your NFL owner circle or whatever think, Oh, he's a class guy. No, nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> we want to get a guy who's good. It's funny to get nominated for an award. It's cool, whatever. But it's like, that's just, you know, it's not really important, right? What the industry thinks of you. What's important is what the listener thinks of you. Yeah. Well, this is perfect segue because I have had a couple people reach out actually recently and a couple nice messages about this podcast, which, you know, on, uh, sometimes, most of the feedback on Twitter and everything is just negative and, you know, goes a long way and I actually appreciate it. So a couple, it's funny you say that because actually a couple people have reached out to me and said some nice things and, uh, yeah, whatever I joke, I consider this mostly your podcast, but, uh, I, am glad to be a part of it. And, uh, it is cool, uh, that that random nomination, but I hear you as far as the, the peers and whatnot, I personally feel weird. I, I never submit my stuff to the, uh, to those. You have to submit your own. I, I just feel weird doing it personally. I, I just, I don't, I don't like it, but um, right. Having well, been nominated, we better win that motherfucker. So uh, we don't win. It's a travesty. Yeah. It's a jo- having said that, it's a fucking joke, and we, we're getting yeah, no, we it's, were a, it's a total joke. You don't How could we not yeah, win? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Now that we haven't been reported to the authorities, <laughs> now that we've been nominated, it's obvious we're the best podcast. It's the nutless podcast out there. By the way, Literally. so you didn't get any credit on the nomination, but that wasn't me. Basically, we submitted all the RotoWire podcasts. It's just RotoWire. It's just RotoWire gets it, and. I think in the nomination, I'm not even mentioned. It's just Real Man Wood, Rotowire gets submitted. And then Rotowire tweeted out, Congratulations, Chris Liss. They should have added you, but they didn't. And then I just made a joke saying I could I could have done it, as you say, without you. And I'm sure like ninety percent of the people that read that thought I said I couldn't have done it without you, because you will read what you think you're supposed to see. But <sighs> From the amount of likes on the tweet, I know that some people actually did read it more closely. Yeah, I was going to say, the amount of likes on the people, some, I got a feeling more people, yeah, definitely yeah. did read that correctly. But, yeah, that is uh, that is funny. But, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad. Uh, winner, but it's, winner it's our podcast. Are- you know, as I like to say, Jeff likes to say to me, because we brought this up, you remember in Kirby Enthusiasm when Leon sleeps with somebody's wife? And it's a really bad situation. And he tells Larry about it. And he's asking Larry what he should do. And Larry's trying to advise him. And then he's like, we did this, Larry. We did this. Like, Larry's trying to extricate himself, but then Leon basically includes him in the D. I know that's your, your go-to with curb reference, and I love it. Yes, I do know. And that's premiering to a new season, like, in a week or two. It's so fired up for that. But anyway, yes, exactly that. That's this here you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying, at worst, at worst, you're Larry and I'm Leon. We did this <laughs> podcast album. Okay. Um, when is that, by the way? Is that, uh, is that like, in... Are those awards soon in Vegas thing? Is that the Vegas thing or when is that? I don't know. I don't don't (laughs) pay attention. So we both went three and one last week and lost our best bet. No, no, I was two and two. I was two and two. Oh, you went two and two. Okay. You had the bills. You, okay. I went, you were smart enough to take the Texans. Yeah, yeah, very smart. So I was savvy right on the right side on that one. Um, yeah, but like I said, best bet was the Saints. So off on that. Um, did pretty well in the pools and like Swamp League. I, I used the Saints because I thought 
a lot of them because I thought that, you know, teams are going to save them, but they're going to put up a lot of points at home. And funnily, it's like good to burn a team that loses. And if you use team quarterback with Taysom Hill, you got like a ton of points. So right. how did your um, NFFC uh, ones, I ended up just having so many things going on. I didn't, I didn't add one of those, but how, how did your lineups go? The two you uh, did. Borderline ideal. Ooh, but nice. I have a problem in one, but it's a small problem. I'm thinking I can overcome it. Mark Ingram, let me guess. Yeah, it's Mark Ingram. And, yeah. you know, obviously we'll f- we'll probably find out whether he's going to play. And if he's not, I'll just take a 1X and that hurts. But the thing is, I'm kind of fading the Ravens in both. So it'll hurt in one. Actually, no, I only have them in one. So the one I have them in, I, I use Mahomes and Wilson, Russell Wilson in my NFFC. And so that's like ideal because not only the Saints out of the way, and the Seahawks are only four-point dogs on the road. I mean, they could easily beat Green Bay, but all those people who took Drew Brees are pretty much drawing dead. And the Saint I had was Kamara, and he actually scored a decent amount of points because he scored and he caught a bunch of passes. So that yeah. worked out perfectly. I had Dalvin Cook. I had Derrick Henry. I mean, a lot of most people did, but I had all the key guys that went crazy. And, you know, the Saints got knocked out, and I had Kamara. That was perfect. I wasn't trying to, like, you know, have Brees... And the other one, I have Mahomes and Jackson, and then I basically went with like guys like Kittle and Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. So that one, too, is perfectly good because I'm hoping that there's a massive shootout in the AFC Championship game that the Chiefs win, and then I get the 4X from Mahomes, and then I hopefully I'm getting 4X from Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook on the other side. Right, right. Yeah, no, that sounds... That sounds good for sure. Um, in our uh, our XM draft, I uh, somehow ended up stacking the Patriots. That didn't look good, but my others uh, doing all right. That's got a lot can hedge on my 49ers, which I unsurprisingly stacked. Uh, I don't know how that careful what you wish for with the Vikings ending up there. I have a serious question for you, Liz. You know, I have that ticket to win 20 grand. I got the Niners at 40 to 1 before the season. I'm pretty wow. sure Ted Bell thought I was insane when I made place that bet uh, next to him. I wanted to do a thousand, but my wife wouldn't let me. But um so really what do I hedge here? So the vibe it's not it's it is really ideal. Not only the one seed, yes. but also favorites. So I can hedge with the underdogs. Right. So so what do I do? The Vikes money lines around plus two fifty and they had to have to win three games to win the Super Bowl. So what would you do in my situation? And I'm 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 being serious and I'm not great at math. What what would you do? Well, I mean, I have to like sit down with a spreadsheet and work it out and I, and just off the top of my head, but it seems like you should be betting like the Vikings are getting what, like three to one, no, two and a half to one or something. Yeah, What's the like odds? Two and a half. Yeah. Plus okay. 250. So yeah. Right. So right you probably there. want to bet like five grand on the Vikings to win outright. You win 20 grand if you, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, right? So if, if the Vikings yeah. win, you get 12 and a half grand and that's that. And you lose the 500 you put down. So you're up 12 grand, right? Yep. The Vikings yep. lose, you're down five, and now you got to win two games. And then you put five on the underdog that's playing them in the championship game, and then you put five on, you know, or ten in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you basically, isn't that how you do it? Five, five, and ten? Yeah, or something but like then that? I'd be down, so then I'd be down ten come the Super Bowl. But you put ten and, on the Super yeah, Bowl. Right, and then you put and, ten. And so, so if you yeah. win the Super Bowl, Sorry, if the Niners win, actually, then you just break even. So you're like, you didn't get any money for it. But you put five on the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, the problem, though, is that uh, the Niners will be underdogs if it's the Ravens. Right. So, But let's say you put five on the Super Bowl, and if the Niners win, then you're down 15, you win 20, you win five, right? Yeah. And if the Niners yeah, lose, or I could, yeah. if the Niners lose, 
well, if I see if the Niners lose though, you're screwed because you're only going to win a couple of grand on the Ravens and you'll be down 10 grand yeah. <laughs> from your previous bets. <laughs> So the, the problem I'm not is going to you for my financial advice nor my, my uh, no no, no my I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just talking this through in real time. It's not I, like I know I know. Yeah. Um, I, may, maybe you got to do like two or three grand and then leave a lot so you can go big on the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah, especially got to have faith in the Niners and uh, and all that. We'll talk about that game next. But uh, interesting. by the way, okay. I want to I want to just mention in that uh, draft did for XM. I got I'm in like fourth or fifth place right now. But how many players out of the fourteen we drafted? Do you think I have left? Um, all but one. No, all. All of them. Nice. Yes. Not, no, you didn't have any. Didn't lose lose any. Yeah, that's not true. Did yeah. not lose a single did. player. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't even aim to. I didn't shit on your point. By no, you zero. didn't. You didn't. Yeah. I mean, you really couldn't because uh, <laughs> there's only one. Didn't go negative. Should have yeah. said negative. You, you added a play. You got a player added up. Yeah. But um, well, well done. And uh, yeah, the boy, the Patriots, man, that that wasn't shocking. But do you have any thoughts on that? And like where Brady will end up? I mean, I feel like we should touch on the New England situation. Uh, and that again, that was like I, I would have. I would have been shocked if they would have. Uh, if the outcome would have been different, uh, it was kind of close at halftime. But but man, I mean, that offense was just so so brutal. I mean, it was just. Just, just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird game. With I mean, they, Mike Vrabel, such a genius. He took a minute off the clock, so now there's only four minutes left and three timeouts. Yeah. You're up one. What a genius move! I mean, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But it was as though they were like, "Well, the Patriots' offense can't do anything. Let's just punt it back to them a hundred times. Who cares?" And they really couldn't do anything. I mean, Edelman had a bad drop. They got stuffed at the goal line, but. It was just they didn't have a playmaker. It was just everything we thought all year was just true. They did not have anyone who could make a play. You, you can be crafty. It was sort of like the Eagles, you know, when they had Josh McCown in there. Sort of like, all right, well, they made a couple plays, some Miles Sanders stuff, some Zach Goddard plays. Like they made a couple plays, but that's just not an offense, man. You got to be able to attack. You have to be able to hurt the defense. And the Patriots just didn't have any players who could do that. So, I mean, what are you going to do? And it was it was what we saw all year. They their defense was legit, especially the secondary. But they padded a lot of their like amazing stats on shitty competition. And when they played real teams, they they couldn't win. And they got bounced in the first round at home. They couldn't even beat the Dolphins to avoid that matchup. No. I mean, they were exactly what they seemed like. There was no magic. And I wonder whether that being busted filming, you know, was like a turning point where it was like, Oh, like they kind of, we better back off on this or something. I don't know, but it was, it was like the real, the real level came out. It seemed like. First off, I believe you said Zach Goddard, which I like the comment combining there. Um, yeah, secondly, yeah, Bel- Belichick, I saw some advanced site claiming that he was the second worst, uh, coach at decision-making and fourth down aggressiveness this year and he was bad that game obviously the offense was a problem but he was just very very much not aggressive there and finally i want to know your prediction though for brady um kind of feels like chargers if i had to guess what do you what do you think well two things one is belichick in his defense when that's your team you're going to punt way more than the average team would in a given situation because your offense can't run they're can't pass protect the quarterback has no mobility and your defense is pretty good to get, getting the ball back at first and 10. So that's one thing. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it depends on a bunch of things, right? Because the, the reason it's hard to predict is do the Chargers want Brady? Is that something they want? Would Brady want to go to a team that has no fan base, that has no home field advantage, has good talent, but 
is you know is that even thing are they even are you 100 percent sure they're done with rivers who's going to coach there with the coach want him i assume anthony lynn gets canned i mean it just seems like there's too many variables to even say the teams to me that make the most sense would be the bears because they have a really good defense and Nagy and some good weapons like Allen robinson Tariq cohen's you know not a bad anthony miller it's pretty good skill players and then the Colts, who have an elite offensive line, T.Y. Hilton, Naheem Hines, and Mack in the backfield, and we'll see maybe Paris Campbell ends up being good, So the, and a great coach. So the Colts and Bears, to me, would be the best places for him to go, but there's just so many variables that we don't even know yet, and he might even stay on the Patriots. For sure, yeah. I know he's a California guy. It seems like better weather would help him at this age, but, yeah, of course, just guessing. Um always like to get you uh doing conjecture but uh one other thing i want to ask you about for sure is the giants head coaching decisions so uh you, you briefly talked about it, the twitter thing but obviously you did your extensive research in the hire i'm sure no I, I don't know who the hell that guy is and i don't really care i said this on the xm show but this guy I follow michael krieger he made a tweet that said he would honestly rather just have draft congress randomly from the phone book and get rid of the <laughs> losers that are in congress right now just replace them with randoms and that's how i feel about jason garrett and mike mccarthy i just take anybody you know you want to coach the giants go ahead probably be rough in the first couple of games but you know maybe you'll figure something out and jason garrett has had a very long chance with lots of talent and he sucks and he's totally nutless so he you know that would have been just it, would, it just would have been like, okay, now I can't enjoy this team for another X amount of years. Right in the middle of Saquon Barkley's prime, Daniel Jones looks like he had some promise. They've got Darius Slayton. This guy, Caden Smith, looks good. The tight end, Evan Ingram, kind of a flat tire, but he's coming back. I mean, they have, a, they have some exciting players. And yeah, we drafted Caden Smith, the Niners, right from Stanford. I know, I know. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Dwelly or whatever over him. Selle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, go, sorry, continue. So, you know, it would have been incredibly depressing to have someone like Jason Garrett be the coach. There's still a chance he's the offensive coordinator. But I was kind of joking on Twitter, and I was like, no, no one's that stupid. They're going to hire Garrett. Not even the Giants, but I was secretly a little scared. <laughs> and then I was saying that Garrett is just coming up in these rumors because he's connected. Garrett has friends. For, for him not to be considered would be cause people to be upset. Garrett's good friend, who's this guy who knows this guy. You know, they'd be like, you didn't even call him in for an interview. You know, it's, I think it's one of those things where if you're clearly in the media conversation, you, you just get that like token interview or whatever. Just so like, they, yeah, I you never know, considered. I, 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 that's what I felt was going on, and, and it seems like it kind of was. Like they weren't thinking about him. They they wanted that guy Matt Rule, and he got and Carolina took him, so they went immediately to this Patriots guy, which is so bizarre. I mean, it's not Josh McDaniels. It's not the defensive coordinator. It's a friggin' special teams coach. Yeah, yeah. We don't know, though. Maybe that means he's more hands-on with the whole team. Yeah, I have no clue. But what does that mean? What does that mean? I have no idea. I have no equipment idea. manager. I bet, equipment manager. I'd rather bet on an unknown, though, who killed the interviewer and whatever, and maybe, you know, than I would a retread that you know what you're going to get. Of course. But then I mean, it's, like, it's like, oh, the equipment manager works with everybody. You know, everybody wears equipment. I mean, we should get the equipment manager because he knows what size everybody is and he knows every single player. I mean, it's like the same argument. Like, he works with everybody. 
yeah, familiar with all the different positions or whatever and their coaches. But yeah, I, I, don't, I have no clue who he is. I couldn't even remember his name when I said the hire. But um, yeah, McCarthy in Dallas is interesting. I mean, what staying the night at Jones's house? I mean, it's just funny. I mean, maybe he's a good footwork guy and he'll help Dak, but that just seems like a disaster. And how do these guys be, make billions and billions of dollars elsewhere and see all this evidence and then and then do that? It's just, it's actually quite interesting, really. Do you have any thoughts on McCarthy to Dallas? Yeah, I think that's funny. Uh, I think it also, like, how wasted were they when he decided to crash at Jerry Jones? It's like, this fucking, you know, I'm just going to crash. I can't make it. Like, I saw Jerry Jones once. Our friend Chip was this PR guy, and Chip somehow got me into this uh, party at this, like, kind of cheesy upscale bar on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. This is like 12, 13 years ago, maybe. And it was Jerry Jones's party at the, uh, I forget what the place is called. Uh, it'll come to me, but it's super cheesy. And we went in and, you know, free drinks and stuff like that. It was a nice place. And I saw Jerry there and he was rocked. He was obviously wasted. <laughs> and he was cool. I mean, he was, you know, he's just some dude. He's probably in his sixties then, I guess, just getting totally rocked. And I can just imagine them busting out some super expensive booze, some good cigars or whatever. I don't know if they smoke cigars, but and having that that chat, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're gonna win the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna get you the players you need, and you know, whatever, and like just getting wasted, and then him being like, okay, I don't know, maybe it wasn't like that, but that's when they're like, oh, we stayed over at Jerry's house. I just assumed that's what happened. Right. No, no, for sure, that's funny. Um, all right, what other? I bring up the DFS uh, and the Bachelor uh, controversy. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you want to tell? the listeners about it it's at all kind of boring we were like forced to talk about an xm they thought that was a thing but interesting so they, yeah. i think okay. now basically the dude who won got his wife to submit like 150 lineups apparently allegedly and they were totally correlated in the right way with the ones he submitted and one of theirs won the whole thing the million bucks and it's obvious they i think they bragged about it or something happened and everyone knows like that they can colluded or this evidence is very strong i'll say and then now the guy who finished second, which is only a hundred grand, is suing. Got like a prominent lawyer to sue for the money, and it's a can of worms because DraftKings are only supposed to have 150 entries, so that people don't do exactly that sort of corner the different angles. But it just kind of seems like there's no way to police that because if I'm smart about it, and I've got friends all over the U.S. setting lineups for me, putting in different lineups. I mean, how do they know what our syndicate is? Like it's just it's just hard to track. I guess you could use some like algorithm that shows that like these, these max entries of 150 were correlated with these five and start to track that, I guess. But it's crazy the amount that just players have uh, spreadsheets where they could, they went all the way through and they're like, Oh, apparently they've been doing this all season. And apparently they teamed with this person uh, in week three, right. because it's just so clear. Sure. The, the difference in quarterbacks that they use made it so yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe the patterns are easy to spot because they're so stark. But I think that it's hard to enforce. They could maybe catch it after the fact, maybe not pay it out if it's enforced, but then every single payout, it would be like the NFL where you have to review every payout, make sure there's no correlation somewhere, and people get wiser to it and do, they'll get 20 people to do 80 lineups each and mix it up in a way that makes it more, you know, harder to detect. It, it just seems like the, the whole 150 limit for the entries <laughs> is just a marketing gimmick to get the average Joe to think, no, there's no syndicates playing. I can win. And you can win. I mean, if you have the best lineup, it will win. But why not just say, look, there's going to be syndicates playing. We want to grow this thing. The average Joe, 
you got to be really good or really lucky. You want to, I mean, people play the lottery. The rake is worse. Your odds of, of the rake and the lottery is worse than your rake at DraftKings, even with all the sharks, even if they had no amount of limits. Your rake is worse. Your expected return is worse. It doesn't seem to be a big deal for that. People still play. So I don't know. Just stop with the pretense of this is a shark infested industry for when the stakes are high, when you can win a million dollars. It's always going to be. I just, I don't know. That's all I read. Yeah. Just, they're not I think it's an interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's, it would be tough to enforce. I think it's just an interesting story just because it looked like it was great for the industry because someone from The Bachelor won and even a girl. And then when there was backlash, originally people were like, oh, no, that's just because a girl won. You're haters. And then obviously the more evidence trickled out. But it was just other funny things. Like she would blatantly w- w- would make a tweet being like she almost switched off like DK Metcalf to like David Moore. And she had the nuts lineup already or something that just totally didn't make sense. And a former Bachelor guy congratulated her husband at first before deleting it and instead of her. Uh, but the best part about all this is I know you follow him too. Cause draft cheat, the funniest follow on Twitter is pick the fight with this, uh, this other bachelor guy. And they're supposedly going to get in a fist fight for charity in the next week. So that's, that's something I highly recommend uh, on Twitter following that back and forth. Uh, I, I did but, notice that. Yeah. We'll see if it ever would. happens. We'll see. Yeah, that guy challenged a lot of people to fights and the, the fights don't happen. Yeah, because they back down, but uh, it'll be uh, it'll be well, I know, but I mean, you got to have it happen. But he was yeah, like all but, worried about training. I'm like, dude, yeah. Just going, you know what it is? It's not the training, the boxing training, it's the cardiovascular. Because boxing is tiring as hell. I don't know if you've ever done any boxing. But after like a minute, one minute of boxing, and it's not about trying to knock the guy out, it's just about keeping your arms up. It's like your arms weigh like a thousand pounds. Oh, so no, no, it, because that's heart rate list. It's boxing's not just, yes, it is more than you think, but it's also, you were so worried about getting punched in the face. It is like, you're just at a thousand percent. So yes, boxing supposedly the most exhausting. You can train forever. And then you get in there for three minutes. It'll feel like three hours supposedly. So for sure, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, only nutless monkeys worried about getting hit by one of those two dudes, but I'm, I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> theoretically in a real match where someone could actually do some damage it's just it's just the stamina like you could be go out for the first 30 seconds and be just throwing hard-ass haymakers at the dude and be pushing him back but if he's in better shape than you (laughs) a minute in you are screwed it doesn't matter if he can't really fight at all you know you're just you're just holding on for dear life Definitely, no doubt. Um, hey, I thought it was a funny, crazy story. We'll see what happens. What if they if they will? I don't know what the payout. Now the lawyers are involved, but uh, as long as Draft Cheap fights a former Survivor contestant, I'm I'm happy with the outcome. Uh, do you want to talk a little baseball to, to the uh, the NFL slate? I uh, heard you guys uh, XM picking it up more, so um, I'm I'm getting fired up. I'm I'm ready. Uh, I heard, oh, one thing I will say, I heard you talking about Jeff was actually at that game that Tatis. Uh, Tatis hit two grand slams. Jeff Erickson was in person for that, yes? Yes, he was. He was there. Two things I'd say in that. One is you left out the craziest part. Not only did Tatis hit two grand slams in the same inning, but the craziest part about that is it was off the same pitcher. That is what is truly insane. You totally left out that part. And then the other, I totally got where you were going when you said uh, to Jeff that that was just the second greatest accomplishment he witnessed in person because, of course, the first being uh, sitting at the same table when you got a royal flush. Uh, You got 100 bucks. That That nutless monkey got 100 bucks just for being. And no one gave him any cash for sitting in Dodger Stadium. No, they didn't. They didn't. Greatness comes with a paycheck. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any baseball thoughts? I'm sure we'll have a lot, but I, I am fired up for it. I see there's a new um, NFFC one that's like a thousand bucks. It's single entry. I did that one uh, the, that, that came down to um, 
uh, what's his face on on Sunday or Monday night not getting me a single point on uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, the silver the silver bullet for football. They're doing that for baseball. You see that a single injury high stakes. Uh, I didn't see that. Uh, I'll, I'll look into it. Drop out of labor, man. Move into Florida. Too much with the family and way over there. And um, wait, what? Be Chris. Be, oh, labor's yeah, moving to Florida. Labor I was like, moved to I Florida. Think you were moving yeah, to Florida. Florida. No, no, no. I mean, you know, Phoenix. I'd like to you know, eat, eat me some uh, some good pizza. Right there, Pizzeria Bianca. I'm sad to hear that to move all the way to Florida. So that was a, I had to drop out of that. But um, the beat Chris list, you better give me a heads up on that because I for sure want to be in the same one as you again this year. Yeah, and, uh, please. The two you're in, <laughs> the two of mine that you're in, I won both of them. So that was good. Exactly. Yeah. Not just, Keep not just my me. List. Right, exactly. You've been I like should be paying your entry fee. Ball. Yeah, exactly. So so give me a heads up on that. But uh, all right, man, do you want to get to the, uh, the, 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 the quick slate here in football? Yeah, I just want to say two two quick things before we get to it, and these are important. Uh, so one, I ordered running shoes, got them, and Ooh. I couldn't remember what size when I tried them on in the place. I think I got like half a size too small, but they kind of fit, but they were kind of tight, and I was like making Heather feel the toe. I'm like, you think these are tight? And I get really neurotic about that stuff. I'm like, eh. you know, when you, I don't know if you're like that. When you get a new pair of shoes like that you ordered, you're not really sure if they're right. Oh, man, yeah, and yeah Heather, I hate that. I just, it's just agonizing until like it's too late and you just have to live with it. And usually it ends up fine. Usually, but not always. Heather's like, ah, I just think if you're not sure, you should return them. I'm like, and it had been like 20, 30 minutes since we'd opened them. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Ah, what a hassle. All right, I'll go return them. And I'm like looking for the box. I'm like, where's the box? I'm like, Sash, where's the box? I was like, Sasha, do you have the shoe box? She's like, yeah. And she's got a scissor and she's already cut it in half and she's making something with it. Like she loves cardboard box comes in the house. She's going to town on that thing. And I just didn't get the cardboard box away from her before it was too late. So I might have to get a new pair, but I'm going to try these, but they're tight as hell on my feet and my feet are just wide and they just feel like someone's taking, you know, like some, someone's squeezing my foot together really hard. So that's one thing. The other thing is, and this probably doesn't ever apply in the States, but this is so satisfying. So I go to the farmer's markets a lot, and I buy stuff around here. And the problem with Lisbon is, like, you go to the ATM, and it's just like a U.S. ATM. It's like 20s. Maybe you get 110. If you get 150 bucks, you get 720s and 110, 150 euros. But you always have 20s. And, you know, you want, like, some uh, sparkling water or a wine or a, or a coffee at a local shop. And it's, like, 70 cents for that stuff. 90 cents and you just you know you just can't be paying with a 20 dollar bill for something that's 75 cents so the coins like the two euro coin the one euro coin they're like the best you're like these things i can get stuff with like everything else you use a credit card for anyway but like the little stuff is where you need the coins anyway i'd had like every time i like get home from the farmer's market i put these coins in my drawer this is this story has a huge payoff it's you gotta blow your mind uh so i put these coins in my drawer and a couple of days ago, I was like, I, I gathered all the twos and the ones and the 50 cents and even the 20 cents have value here because things are cheap. But I had these pennies and two, two, you know, two cents of euros lying around and some five cents. And I was able to scrape all that stuff up in my drawer to make 70 cents and use it to buy a coffee. It's so satisfying. I buy the coffee. <laughs> I get rid of all that shit. I get something for it. I was just like, I was like, sorry. And I handed them the change. They're like, oh, no problem better than handing them a 20 very satisfying 
Nice. Nice. Um, speaking of your running shoes, my, my rowing machine did officially arrive. It is not out of the box yet, but it is sitting there. And actually while we're on the topic, I have a couple other just quick health things for you. The more I've been delving into this, um, what are your thoughts on taking fish oil? Because I remember I've done it before and I burped a lot and I felt like oh, this can't be healthy with this burping, but just reading three to four grams of fish oil daily, that getting the omega threes that way is helpful. What are your thoughts on it? Very good. I think you just, you want to be a little cognizant of make sure it's like really clean, like no mercury, really high quality fish oil. It's expensive. Right, right, right. But experiment with it for a bit. It's pretty good. I think it's good. I think you want to take it with fatty foods. I don't think you want to just take it on an empty stomach. So okay. that's maybe why you're burping. If you're eating like cheese and fruit or you're eating like a steak or a sandwich or something, just eat them before you eat something. Okay. All right. Look into it and you say yes to that. Um, what about, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, matcha tea? Actually getting pouches of that. Have you heard of that? That's supposed to be really I've good. I've heard what, of it. What are your thoughts on that? And I remember reading stuff about it for your digestion or something. And I don't know. I've never really had it. I mean, I've had it like once or twice in some random place, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, read what they say. Most of that shit, you do it for a while and you're like, I don't notice anything. The fish oil is pretty well established as being very good for you. There's some contraindications that you want to look up, but as long as you don't experience any of that stuff, it's usually pretty good. Okay. And then last one, what is your coffee situation? How do you, do you make it yourself ever or you just buy it? So I used to go out all the time because it's cheap here, but we got this coffee maker for my mom. I mean, my mom brought it. My, I guess the Heather brought it because my mom was staying here and she needs her coffee like in the house. It's just a little French press. And now I've just been buying it at the store, organic coffee, and just you know boiling the water, pouring it in, and pressing it. It's pretty easy. Okay. So Press. I make my own coffee at home. You know, it's just ground coffee you're buying from wherever Ethiopia, whatever coffee you like, and then you pour in the the, the grounds in the French press, pour the water in, and then press it down. You know, let it steep, and then uh, press the uh, the press down, and then pour it. It's pretty easy. All right. I bought some beans that look pretty good, but uh, they came, you know, whole. So, and I'm, t- I'm a pretty lazy human being, but I'm told the grinder isn't too cumbersome to do every morning. No, so easy. I'm going to look at the one, grinder. Yeah. That's better. Okay. Right. Cause they're fresher. If they're yeah, they're fresher. Right. So I, I think it was a, a good mistake. So good accident. So I'm just going to get a grinder. You're, you think right. that's, 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 that's doable. Super easy. I mean, some okay. machine, some coffee makers come with grinders. So you pour the beans in, it grinds and then turns on the but yeah, oh, you can get a separate grinder. Wow. I don't know. Just just get the just get the grinder. It's it's probably yeah. cheap and easy. All right, cool. All right, let's get these games. Uh, my 49ers, Saturday afternoon. Um, I will be there, Liz. Uh, there spreads up to seven. Vikings plus seven at San Francisco. What do you think here? I made the line exactly seven. When it was like six and a half, I really liked the Niners, but it's seven, it's the Vikings are good, man. With Thielen healthy and Cook healthy, Cousins played well. They're good, but I laid the wood. I it's just hard to go into New Orleans play. You know, it was just one drive, but an overtime drive, and then travel again on Saturday to the West Coast and face a team that has a lot more weapons. The Saints really they were one dimensional, right? I mean, Michael Thomas was their whole attack, and once he didn't do anything. That was it. Niners are just so diverse, so tricky, so much speed on that team. Kittle, the two receivers. So I think it'll be a little tougher. I think the Niners' defense will 
get after cousins a little more. So I laid the wood, but I think that's probably the right line. Yeah, I did too. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it is the right line, especially sitting at seven. Uh, I was rooting for the Vikings to win that game for a couple reasons. I don't want to see Russell Wilson again. And one of the saints out of the conference as a Niners fan, but definitely one of those careful what you wish for. I mean, this Vikings team, one of the few, I think in the tournament, the DVOA, your favorites, top 10 defense and offense. Uh, they, when they play, yeah, they look horrible at times, but the problem is when they look good, they look great. And that's not really what you want as a playoff opponent, but I mean, it's a short uh, week. I don't even know if they practice this week, but once, and then a Saturday game, you know, travel across the country. I think these are the only two teams that ran more than they passed, except maybe the Ravens. But D Ford is key. Emmanuel Sanders healthier. Yesterday was the first time all season, I guess, that the Niners' 53-man roster practiced on the same day. So if they are truly getting healthy, that defense could could be the difference between um, you know losing this game and winning it all. So I took the Niners, but I'm with you. This line seems about right. Next one: Titans uh, plus nine and a half at Ravens. Yeah, I took the Titans. I don't feel strong about it. The Ravens are good enough to just kill them, and I could see it getting out of hand. But I mean, that Derrick Henry is an absolute machine. I mean, he was just steamrolling the Patriots. I think he'll steamroll the Ravens' run defense. And once you start rolling and it's second and four, third and one, or you don't even get the third down, it's easy to play action. And Tannehill's mobile, and A.J. Brown's pretty good. I know the Ravens have a good secondary, but Jonu Smith can make plays. It's it's a pretty good offense. Their defense kind of sucks, but in a way it doesn't matter against the Ravens who your defense is because what they do is just it's either going to work or not. It's probably going to work more often than not, but it's there's no real defense for that. It's not like personnel thing. So I just thought uh, the Ravens are really good, but the Titans are, uh, if you look at the Titans since Tannehill took over, they're probably a top five NFL team. Yeah, this one was the toughest game for me this week. I actually changed it before I sent it off to you. And I went with the Titans. I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens roll. It's such an advantage getting this by this week. I know we just saw those three road teams win, but don't don't just, you know, I wonder if betters are going to think that's going to be the same when now teams are home and rested. But you're right. I mean, even the Ravens can be ran on. Derrick Henry's so good. And you just look at the YPA, even on like the road, Tannehill's like 10.0 or something absurd. So that's a lot of points kind of like Gus Edwards is a sneaky DFS play. I don't, uh, Mark Ingram injury actually might matter even to the Titans. So I'm sorry for the, for the Ravens. So I think it does matter a little. He's good. And you know, he's justice. Hill is small and quick. Gus Edwards is their bruiser, but Ingram has a little of both. And I think he's kind of important and he's, you know, kind of a knows what he's doing out there. He's one of the leaders of the team. I think he matters a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's going to move the line more than fraction of a point, but it's not ideal. You look at the rest of their weapons, Marquise Brown, if he's you know, active and a part of the game plan, that's great. I think he could actually and torch a, the Titans. A, a Dory Jackson's actually playing, and he's been good for what it's worth. So that, even that actually doesn't – I think he's fast nobody, too. So nobody, can cover, nobody can yeah. cover Marquise Brown. I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. they just got to get on the ball. And no, then, you sure. know, Mark Andrews has an ankle injury. It's, the Ravens yeah. – Ingram is kind of important in that offense. No, so I, I'm taking the points there with you. Um, this is when I made my best bet Sunday morning, Texans plus nine and a half at Chiefs. Just give me Andy Reid coming off the bye. I think the Texans kind of suck. They just played deep into overtime. I, I'm a believer in this KC defense. And frankly, I stand by my Damian Williams second round fantasy pick. That guy's going to now go off in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I like the Chiefs to roll here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That was my, you and I have the exact same picks and the same best bet. So that doesn't bode well for, for me. Account. No, but the Chiefs, 
it's just a good situation. They, they got the weaker of the two teams, in my opinion. As you said, full it was a full overtime, and it was a physical game. Watson got sacked seven times, took some hits. I just think like the Chiefs are going to smash them. They're just going to crush them. So I laid the wood. And finally, uh, Seahawks plus four at Packers plus four. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I have to say it's a bigger line than I expected. I told you on error XM, real man drafts Metcalf over Lockett. You should have went off I last know, week. That was the one but... mistake I made. That was. A, I'm probably still going to win, but that was a looks like an error right now. What do you like here? I, I'm taking the points without. Well, I mean, without hesitation. But yeah, yeah, that's my second best bet too. It's just that four. I mean, if it's like ten below or something, fine. Like that could be a problem, but. Russell Wilson's there's just no way that that Russell Wilson's not going to get within four unless there's some fluky bounces like it's going to come down the wire at best for the Packers there's no way they're pulling away from the Russell Wilson team they're just not good enough so I I think the Seahawks maybe win outright and end up playing the 49ers and and I'm hoping because I've got Mahomes Wilson in that 4x in the NFFC I want to win that 125k Yeah, no, I would be surprised if that game doesn't come down to the if the Packers roll in that. I, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible, but uh, Russell Wilson's going to keep that close. I firmly expect that, and probably win. Yeah, no, if I had to pick a winner too, I would I would take Seattle. If you had to pick money line, would you who would you take? List if you, I mean if it's even money line, I mean, I mean, I probably just regress my own feelings back to the market and yeah. barely okay. take Green Bay, yeah. but. Fair. I wrote it up as Seattle 27-24 or something okay. like that. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Okay, all right. Man, we, we, we are far too alike this week. Um, before we get to some U.S. stuff, which is obviously uh, some stuff we need to tackle here, uh, do you have any thoughts on Harry and Meghan before we just went on your stepping back from the royal family, announcing it without telling anyone first? Apparently there's some drama in the U.K. Yeah, no, zero. I, I pay okay. attention to that stuff, zero point okay. zero. Okay. So speaking of Krieger, um, he actually did do a nice Iran thread. And uh, I believe the the whole Trump thing happened. We talked about him like, oh, you know, he's been harmless. And like right after we recorded last week, kind of all hell broke loose. Um, So tell me if I'm wrong here. Did this all start basically because Trump backed out of that Iran deal because he just couldn't handle Obama? That was his one significant thing. And now with the killing of, I'm going to mess his name, Soleimani, Soleimani, it's going to lead to basically how bad, how bad, how bad is this? I mean, cause so, I know, don't, some things out there suggest this is obviously very, very, very bad. Okay. So I don't know. I don't, I, I think it's very funny that people who you know follow sports are suddenly saying, well, here's Iran's going to do this. And then this is what's going to happen. Then China and Russia are going to do this. Like, dude, you don't even know who's going to win the wild card game. Like, you know, it's like, well, you don't even know who these people are. You've never heard of any of these people before the, the news broke yesterday. I mean, it's just so funny how everyone has an opinion on how this is going to go. It just cracks me up on both sides. Like, oh, no, no, it's fine. He's got this or whatever. It's like, dude, we don't know what the fuck's going on in Iran. We have no idea what they're thinking. We're just like extrapolating based on, well, if I were Iran, this is how I would, you know. And so they're going to do this. We have no idea. We don't even know what the facts are. We don't know what the history is. We know some of the history. I read a couple of pieces I thought were persuasive. One piece was talking about how the U.S., basically installed the Shah, overthrew the democratically elected Iranian government in like the 50s. And then, you know, the revolution happened. They killed off the Shah and became the Islamic Republic. And, you know, they have a legitimate beef with us that we were trying to, you know, basically dictate their affairs forever and impose like a terrible dictator on them. And you don't have to defend them or this regime 
and the bad things they've done to understand why they don't like us. Uh, so there's that. That's part of the history. The other part of the history that I read was the U.S., you know, we used to be on the gold standard. And then I think like the war in Vietnam and some other shit got really expensive. And we, I'm not going to, I'm going to botch this a little bit, but we got off the gold standard, started printing money. But the way in which we sort of did that without destroying everything was we sort of enforced it around the world that the dollar was the, you know, the way you could buy oil and everything had to be converted into dollars. It was the world's reserve currency. And that the strength of the dollar and the strength of the U.S. economically in large part depends on the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. And Gaddafi was buying tons of gold instead of dollars, and that was the theory why they had to get rid of him because he was trying to get the rest of other African countries to get off the dollar and use gold as their reserve currency. And so like this, this like small thing with Iran is, is about us like trying to control you know, all the oil going through the, the dollar and making the U.S. sort of the, the world's reserve currency and these other nations who are pissed at us for other reasons uh, wanting to depart from it. And then all the other shit is just sort of a sideshow. So there's that theory. It's a theory. So that, that was interesting. And so all this, all this geopolitical stuff is just like, dude, your, the economy will collapse if, you know, if people go their own way. And then, like, other stuff I've heard that, no, you know, basically Trump, what he did was Iran has been a meddlesome pest for a while. They've been fomenting terrorist attacks. And apparently, allegedly, I have no idea if this is true, that the guy was the one who got the attack on the U.S. base in the embassy in Iraq, that uh, a U.S. serviceman got killed, and they took him out. And then Iran did this really, this is like today or yesterday, did this really half-assed bombing back that didn't injure anybody. So everyone was worried it was going to be World War III. And then Trump made a speech saying, you know, fortunately nobody was hurt. We're not going to retaliate. Their retaliation was ineffective. And, but we, we let them know that we're not going to tolerate anything happening to our personnel or whatever. And so on the right-wing side, everyone's saying, or some of the people are saying, well done. Like, we avoided the war. We avoided an escalation. He showed them who was boss. He showed them that there's a real price to pay for their aggression. And that's that. He's not going to lead us into a war. Other people think, no, they're going to do something more clandestine and down the road, and, it's, and this is just making it worse. I just don't fucking know. I don't know. I, I do think there's something to the petrodollar and the U.S. being the reserve currency and other countries being very justifiably unhappy with that. And I do think that there's something to be said for, to the extent Iran is doing what they're alleged to do, which I don't even know because I don't trust any of the media, that you know, putting your foot down is, is, is a good thing. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. I have no idea. That was all, uh, I was all fair. What I also hear about is like cyber attacks, uh, possibly as an issue of happening. Not, not exactly sure what that even means. Well, we're the but, one that uh, attacked all... them, right? We had that stuck neck. Like we really fucked them up with the cyber attack. Right. So right. it's not surprising if they would at least try to retaliate. I, I, I don't trust anything because, you know, Rachel Maddow was trying to tell people that the Russians were going to cut off the power grid and everyone was going to freeze to death. She literally had a segment on that like a year ago. So <laughs> how much of this Iran? No, no, no. Prob- Fair assessment. No, no. Right, right. And who knows? I, 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 I don't know any of this shit. I, I just know that there's a case to be made that if we don't go to war, that maybe he gave them a good smack and they're going to back down. Okay, Maybe. And there's a case to be made that, no, this is going to escalate a whole bunch of shit. But the thing is, like, I, it's, it's like I can't even tell you who's going to win the fucking, 
you know, my best bet lost last week. How, how the fuck am I going to be opining on shit where I don't even know anything about this, this area of the world? I know. I just wanted your opinion. And also, is this like, how do I, how am I supposed to trust the same, you know, New York Times who's been, had, had an agenda against Trump this whole time? Can't. So why am I suddenly getting extra mad at Trump when I'm reading this? You know, before when I right. had this view with you being like, you know, let's keep it open. Now I'm finding myself getting so pissed when maybe that, you know, it's the same agenda. So, but having said that though, when I brought up the, you know, backing out of that Iran deal, did that not start all this? And it did seem like for petty reasons or, or no, that's whatever you just think. I don't, it's another, I mean, quite it's possible. possible that was the reason I don't I mean, I'm not going to take that on the word of a New York times article. I mean, I, I don't not saying this. I, I have okay. no idea if that's the reason. It doesn't seem no, logical. I'm not saying that's necessarily this is New York Times article, but I mean that is a theory that this was going to happen ever since he did that. And people were saying, "Why are you doing this at the time?" And he answered that question. He said, "I'm doing this because the shit deal that we should never have done." You know, I mean that's I, okay. a legitimate that's a legitimate point of view. Now they're saying no, that's not what he, that's not the real reason. The real reason that we really know because we can read his mind is that. He's just petty because Obama is Obama's, you know, achievement and he wants to undermine it. It doesn't matter either way, though. The reason doesn't really matter, though. Did pulling out of that start the ball rolling for this? And uh, is that a worse case than if staying, I guess, is is the more important question than than why? We don't know because the the consequences are not in yet. Right. We don't know if this is going to leave something bad or Iran's going to be like, shit, don't fuck with this guy. Like, let's back off. We can't. This isn't Obama that we can get away with whatever. Or it's, no, we're going to take revenge. This guy has stepped over. We're going to teach him a lesson. It could go either way. I don't know. Do they have the capability to do it? I don't know. I just don't know. I think that it certainly helps at the poker table when you have a lot of chips. And the U.S., whoever's in charge of the U.S. has a lot of chips. Mm-hmm. If someone thinks you'll go all in at a moment's notice, you know, that, that you might. That certainly helps. And I don't know if they, if they think Trump is just a total bluffing fraud and they can see through him. He's not going to do shit or this sort of showed them, no, this guy's a loose cannon. He he might annihilate us. So we can't get away with this shit anymore. Just cool out. You know, let's wait him out till he's gone and then we'll start our shit. It can go either way. I don't know. I really don't know. And and I don't think these theories that these psychological theories that have been offered have ended up being very valid. All this Mueller yeah. shit, it's all such a lie. This yeah. Ukraine shit. All these psychological theories, I think, are mostly just amateur hour. My, my only stance is I don't, I think most people with a brain have zero interest in uh, or actual war with Iran. And as much of, the, uh, of a disaster as the Iraq war was. And you just hope that this is all there is. And there's one other thing that the whole thing, whether it's, you know, you can't just murder somebody with a drone. Like, and there's two things I'll say about that. One is we've been murdering people with drones for decades. Like Obama did it all the time and Bush was doing it. And the difference was oh, Obama that, did it as much as any too. Right? right. Yeah. And he killed guys with U S citizens. These guys were actually U S citizens. Some of these guys that were overseas, they were actually born in the U S and they had U S citizenship and he killed them without a trial, which is totally illegal. But that's what presidents do these days. And so the difference this with this one was this was like them murdering the Joint Chiefs, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. This was like them murdering the Secretary of Defense or something. It was like murdering a government official, not like a, a terrorist preaching in a cave. You know, or right. alleged well, way terrorist. different. Yeah, yeah, like a vice okay. president but, or something. But you yeah. can't, the morality's not different. It's just the protocol is different. Like you're breaching yep. a protocol. You're, you're breaking. But I kind of think, well... 
if the rule now is if we think a guy is a warmongering danger to society, we can just take him out, then other countries are going to look at our warmongers and say, eh, that guy might be dangerous. It sort of says, well, it's kind of open season on them too, right? Because like if somebody took out one of our officials, how, we, we couldn't, we, we could say like, that's beyond the pale, but like we just took out one of their officials, right? One of their actual officials. It's dangerous to do that. But at the same time, there's something nice about, well, if you're one of those scumbag warmongers who's basically advocating and then you end up getting a board seat on Raytheon Corporation or whatever, maybe someone will take you out. Maybe those are the people who should have some skin in the game if they're going to foment war rather than just these ordinary people, ordinary soldiers. So Yeah, no, it's the slippery slope. And one, just to add to that, supposedly, I don't know how true it is, but supposedly they, he was lured there under false pretenses, like right. where he was when he, for like an agreement even, like yeah. they were coming to an accord. So like really shady as far as against the well, code or have. I guess, but like if, if you think, uh, if you think the guy is a murderous of course, terrorist of course, menace, of course, there are no and, rules. And you're trying to kill him and you're like, but we can't lie. But the one thing we can't do is lie to him or mislead him. That would be very wrong. It's yeah. kind of hard to make. It's hard to make the case. I, I think it's immoral to be. I don't think we should be assassinating other people, but I wouldn't say never, depending on who it was. Right. If we could kill Hitler or something back in the day, maybe we should. So the question is, everyone's going to define. Everyone wants to define everyone they don't like as Hitler. Oh, Trump is Hitler. Right. It's like everyone goes there and then justifies anything they, they want to do because of it. But already Obama was assassinating people already. So like that, that, that ship has sailed. And then there's another thing I read, which is kind of scary, that we're developing hypersonic missiles and so is Russia. And these missiles, which can also deliver nuclear warheads, they can go intercontinental in 30 minutes. So there's not even like a warning. Hmm. And when you have assassinations coming that fast, it is some, and they're precision too, these things. And the other scary thing is if a missile's coming toward your country, especially if it's given, you know, to a rogue terrorist group or something where it's not even like there's a country you can attack, you got like 30 minutes to decide whether you're going to launch the nukes back just in case. You don't know what's on that shit. It, it's a, it's very scary, like with some of the technology that's coming up. So no, for sure, because I've heard like they're going to come on ship ships. You know, they'll be on on ships. But you say that that's what I think in my head. I'm like with the technology, and like I, I have, I'm so clueless. I'm like, are they can they get here within 30 minutes and just blow up a city? Like exactly. So you're saying, I mean, yeah, there are capabilities out there. 30 minutes international. You're saying right now. Yeah, it's 30 minutes for like you know 6,000 miles or something, and that thing's coming fast and it's too fast yeah. and, and too <laughs> elusive to shoot down. It's coming in so fast. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there'll probably be some other evolution of shit, but it's that. And then there's the autonomous weapons. Have you heard about those? No, I guess no. So all, you know, the drones are like, are they're operated at least a lot of them by like some dude in Nevada in some video game. You know, it's like a video game with a joystick and a screen I mean, they're killing real human beings, but they're like doing it remotely and like from a, a warehouse in Nevada or something. Sure. But, well, yeah, yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Like, well, that is the drones, right? I mean, they're manned yeah. by someone like they're that. Man, they're, 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 there's no one on the drone, but there's someone operating it. But yeah. they they've obviously can create autonomous weapons where the drone just finds that it's programmed to find targets and detonate itself. And then and just black right. mirror shit. Right. And the thing yeah. is like, <laughs> When you have auto, you know, autonomous weapons, it's already bad enough that you don't have to like set foot on the battlefield. That you know, you're not even risking anything, so you can just kill all, all these people. But it's like if there's a malfunction, you know, the the algorithm is too it's overly broad what it's hitting, 
first of all, by the time you get a hold of that shit, and nobody's responsible. It's not like some, you know, you can prosecute some guy for war crimes. It's like, oh, no, it was just the program went a little awry. We killed like 10,000 people. You know, it's like, <laughs> shit is fucking yeah. scary. And then when other countries have right. autonomous weapons and, you know, the shit's just flying over, all sorts of crazy-ass shit just flying in your environment all the time that could at any moment just start shooting bullets at you, that's fucking scary shit. No, that's that's very, very scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. That is another slippery slope. Man, Liz, on that note, and then there's also horrible wildfires in Australia. It's a lot of uh yeah, Koala a lot of scary bears, shit out yeah. there right now, man. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, yeah. So uh yeah, on that note, that's but all bottom I got line, I don't I don't worry about the other shit this this I mean, it could be bad. I'm not saying again, I don't know, but it's just it just cracks me up that people who are just wrong about the shit that they're experts in are now opining with certainty about shit that they have absolutely no expertise in. And the media that parrots shit and talks is the, they're the lowest of the low. They only have an agenda. None of that shit's real. None of the networks, none of the newspapers that you read, you have to find people on Twitter that have been reliable. Yeah. It's so much easier to be skeptical about stuff. You know, I mean, maybe that sounds so obvious, but you know what? Like it's very easy to me to call bullshit when I hear someone talking to sports, but when it's something I'm not, if they're on TV, they must, they must have some authority and be smart enough. So yeah, I try to get better myself to be more skeptical and not just listen to the, the big media, even if it's coming from, you know, what, the New York times. Well, there's, it's, there's a word for this. It's like the Crichton effect or Michael Crichton named something with some sort of, no, he, it wasn't named after him, but he identified this. <laughs> he said, you read something about sports. It was like, you said that Adam Sandler movie, right? Like, it was so bad. Like with the sports betting, you're like, this is so fake. But then you go see like uh, Sideways, the wine movie, which I loved, and Heather's like yeah. that wine shit was so bad. And, the, and, right. and like she right. like for her, Perfect it's unwatchable. Example. It's so bad. Yeah. But for me, I was like, oh, this is such a good movie, and the wine stuff is kind of funny and cool. Like there was a good theme yeah. worked into it. Not but she's like, any no. more low. Yeah, that's right. hilarious. That's it's a perfect example. Right, it's just such bullshit. But you know, the same thing. It's like I remember reading a New York Times article on how DraftKings and FanDuel, and they were comparing it to like these illegal online sports books where someone got a, a bag of cash in an alley. And I was like, there's a real story. There's scandals about the way the advertising is going and all this stuff, but it is not like that at all. You get sent to your PayPal account. You know I mean? It's like, this is like the cleanest thing ever when you went on FanDuel. So I was like, this article is so bad. It's conflating shit. Yeah. That's not even remotely linked. And I knew it was terrible because obviously I was in that world. We were, you know, playing and in, in that world. And they say, like, the shit that you know when you read in the newspaper, you're like, this writer got this completely wrong. But then you read something about politics or the Middle East that you don't know when you read it at face value. But the truth is they're all wrong. It's totally wrong. I mean, it is, and it's gotten worse. So I I can't even get into political arguments. I get too mad and frustrated. I, you know, with Heather or other people, I'll just hear them talking about something that I know where it came from. And I'm like, ugh. We're still talking like the fact that the Washington Post reported it means something. Right, means yeah. It, yeah. You know, like you I, I, I guess reporting a very specific slow, fact. Yeah. You know, like a quote from somebody might be something, or a yeah. transcript from something, or a that might be worth something. But like so and so, you know, that like the theory that like Trump is mad, is jealous of Obama, and is petty, and the only reason he got rid of the Arandals because he wants to destroy Obama's achievement. Like that to me is like so implausible it's so unlikely it's possible anything's possible but it's so much more likely to be just that like bitching from the newspapers rather than like real substantive factual fact-based reporting that 
and and that's what like most of it is now. So here I am perpetuating it too. No, that's good. No, I, I, dude, I, I hear you. That makes total sense to me. I, that, that, that makes, I, I'm with you. That, that, I, that to all rings true to me. So I, 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 I gotta, I gotta fall for it less myself. So for sure. It's I'm, hard. I'm I, we grew up, man, I grew up reading the New York times, man. I, I thought that was the paper. Like it was in the New York times. That's legit. All right, man. Uh, on right, that, on that note, note, I got some editing yeah. to do in this podcast, but yeah. clean it up. Good. All right. Good stuff, Liz. All right. Take it easy, Dalton.